on Podcast 1754, the refreshed Model 3 spied, EV factory investment and lucid struggles. Stick around, I'll tell you more. And welcome to a brand new Patreon supporter. Simply Max is the name that's come through on my end. I mean, I guess I could dig deeper into his email address and probably guess it to read it out, but maybe he just put Max because he doesn't want his full name read out. So as a new $5 a month supporter of Patreon, Max, thank you so much. Five or $10, add a posh coffee or two a month, or maybe more if you're a corporate sponsor or you want to support the show at a higher level, you can do that at Patreon, patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Thursday, 23rd of February. My name's Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. Let's go to the Spanish bit of Volkswagen, kicking off their electric journey. They're celebrating the 30th anniversary of its Matrel factory by kicking off their €3 billion investment to transform Sayat from combustion to electrification. By 2025, Sayat will start producing fully electric vehicles for the different brands within the Volkswagen wider group. Now, to support that transformation, Sayat has designed their new plan that includes five main pillars and its future fast-forward project to electrify their factories in Spain. Furthermore, the company is investing in training for its employees and implementing data and business intelligence tools in its production facilities. Since 1993, the Matrel factory has built over 12 million vehicles to 70 different countries, and it's so exciting that they see their future, like so many large and small car companies and mobility companies in electric. There's no messing around with Volkswagen. Yes, there's been a change of leadership at the top with Herbert Diess going, but that hasn't derailed the plans. And also with Sayat traditionally being, you know, the slightly cheaper bit of Volkswagen, a bit like Skoda was always the slightly cheaper value. I don't like saying cheaper because I'm sure the people who listen to this podcast, if you work at those companies, you'd be like, hey, don't call us cheap. The more value-based proposition. I've owned a Skoda Octavia, and I loved it. The move into EV allows them to move slightly upmarket if they want to, a bit like we've seen Hyundai and Kia do. And Genesis, of course, is their premium brand anyway. I think like we're seeing Nissan try to do with that very ambitious pricing on the Aria, uh, which isn't cheap at all. And The move to EV allows a bit of a reset, if you like, so it'll be interesting to see if they still use the Sayat brand as something a little bit more value-based. Of course, they didn't call it the Sayat Elborn, which was the plan. They then called it the Cupra Elborn, and then it was just the Cupra Born, which is their version of the ID3. So giving it to the Cupra brand makes it more sporty, but also allows them to charge a little bit more money for that. Let's move on. Lucid sees their EV production this year far below their forecasts and Their shares dropped yesterday as well. A major drop in orders during the fourth quarter with their stock dropping 11% after hours. Lucid forecast their production for 2023 to be 10,000 to 14,000 vehicles. Well, short of analysts' expectations, they were hoping around 22,000. Price cuts from the likes of Tesla and Ford have made it so much harder for Lucid to compete for... Uh, attention, but also for consumer wallets. Now, yes, if you are buying a Ford Mustang, Mach-E, or a Tesla Model 3, you are not in the same market as a Lucid. But if you are thinking of dropping 120, 130 grand on a Tesla Model S, Model X, you are very much in Lucid territory. 
So, with more than 28,000 orders as of two days ago, I think that's down 6,000 from the second quarter. Lucid reported a net loss of $470 million ending uh, for the quarter ending last year. So they've got the cash in the bank, but it just goes to show, my goodness me, it is not easy to do this, even with Lucid, even with all of their experience with Peter Rawlinson at the top, the man behind the Model S at Tesla, despite what Elon Musk has tried to uh, say since that time. All of that history in racing with Formula E, the company Ativa, as it was, it's still fabulously hard. So we wish everyone at Lucid... Um, all the best because the vehicles are they're good they're more than good the vehicles are great longest range ev of course on sale in the u.s with 500 miles of range that's just taken a while to uh, hit that inflection point in terms of selling them now Let's talk the Tesla Model 3 refresh. Been spotted with new wheels, according to the Electric website. A Model 3 prototype with its refreshed design has been spotted with some brand new wheel designs. Last year, rumours began that they're working on a Model 3 refresh. It, it's a five-year-old design. More than that, actually, in the project is supposed to be called Project Highland. The new wheels feature an 18-inch aero design with spokes coming into the centre at different angles. Tesla expected to release more details on Investor Day next week. Tesla is moving back to California. In our next story, okay, not their headquarters, who they famously moved out of California. Elon Musk had a big beef with Californian regulations during uh, COVID and the pandemic. But Tesla announcing yesterday that they will re-establish or establish either one, their global engineering headquarters in Palo Alto, California, with the move being seen as a sign of greater cooperation between Tesla and the EV-friendly state that it used to call home. Of course, now they're in Texas. The move is also seen as a thaw in the frosty relations between Tesla and California after they moved away in 2021. Elon Musk and Governor Gavin Newsom made the announcement together. Newsom praised Tesla for their visionary spirit and record of innovation. Gavin Newsom argued that Tesla was able to become the largest passenger EV maker in the world because of California's policies and tax structure. Tesla also announced they are hiring for engineering roles in Palo Alto as well. Link to the LA Times in the show notes if you'd like to read more. Not so good news for Tesla, though. Sean Ryan, who is a state senator from New York, has called on the state's economic development agency to investigate Tesla's firing of more than 40 employees last week in response to a union organizing drive at their South Buffalo plant, the gigafactory that no one talks about. Uh, Attorneys for the Tesla Workers United have filed a complaint with the National Labor Relations Board. They allege that at least 25 of those fired were in retaliation for the organising effort. Senator Sean Ryan has requested documents from Tesla officials in Buffalo related to the firings. And as of me recording this podcast, no response or reply officially, at least from Tesla that I can find. If they do, I'll update. Now let's talk bi-directional charging. Enphase Energy has demonstrated a bi-directional EV charger that enables vehicle to home, vehicle to grid, vehicle to X functionality, and allows energy generated from solar panels, excess energy, rather than sending it back to the grid, which, of course, you, you know, electrons don't differentiate between where they came from. It goes out the cable from your house and it goes into your neighbour's house. It's one of the beefs of my solar panels because if 
you're familiar with the UK. Uh, they had a thing called the feed-in tariff. I got mine just after. And so I missed that. And I'm not on any kind of smart export guarantee with Octopus. It'd be four pence a kilowatt hour if I did that. I did have the export meter fitted when we had the solar panels in. I've just never got round to working out what we do with the export over the six months of the year when we've got way more solar than we could possibly need. So it goes into the car, which is also absolutely fine rather than going back to the grid. Enphase's product uses their grid-forming microinverters and their energy management technology. It's both CCS bidirectional and CHAdeMO bidirectional. Of course, CCS can be bidirectional. There's nothing inherently stopping CCS from being bidirectional. Enphase will bring the charger to market next year, so you've got to wait till 2024, as part of an all-in-one home energy solution that unlocks electrification, resilience, savings, and control for homeowners. We just need this to all join up as quick as possible because Volkswagen were meant to bring their vehicle to home vehicle to grid nothing is vehicle to home uh, so a little bit less hardcore than working at all the grid stuff uh, last summer or at least q3 we were promised uh, if you had a vw id4 maybe id3 there weren't many of those with a really big battery were they because they were technically four seaters but either way like the id4 with a big battery um if you had that they were meant to have that on the market by now globally i presumed that meant that each different region would have uh, you know, local suppliers or local builders. I can certainly think of one company in the UK that's very big into vehicle-to-grid. I presume they might have been tapped up to build the hardware for this, but what are we now? Almost March, and nothing from VW with the, the box on the wall that we were meant to get to enable that with the CCS plug as well. Uh, look, I'm, I know I'm being a little bit harsh. I'm sure it's not because they haven't been, you know, working really hard on making that happening, but it would it would change so much if you could have CCS bidirectional. If you've got solar, even storage as well. My goodness me, that would be a fantastic thing to have. I don't want to have to have a Chatamo car to get vehicle to home or vehicle to grid. And because Enphase are doing here what so many of those big companies are trying to do. I've got solar edge stuff, so I've got the solar edge uh, inverters or what are they called? Optimizers? The things under the panels. Uh, and, uh, you know, and obviously the inverter. And I haven't got a Solar Edge car charger. I use the Zappy for that, but I got the Solar Edge battery as well. And I got to admit, you know, all in one app, it is nice. So if I didn't have that and I had the Zappy wall box, I probably would have gone for Zappy's battery or the My Energy battery either. So everyone's having a little piece of that. Hey, we'll do everything for you. Action, right, coming up on the podcast soon, we'll talk about why EV charging needs to be better and investment in EV factories. Stick around, those stories, and a lot more on the way. Now let's talk Ford showing a heated interior panel idea that could save on your EV range. Ford conducted a study to test a system which is more efficient at keeping the cabin temperature comfortable in their transit van, the e-transit. The traditional HVAC system, uh, of course, heats the air and you feel warm unless you're using the heated seats or the heated steering wheel. This, though, using heated interior panels. The study found that heated interior panels use 13% less energy and could save EV range by 5%. And, you know, that's nothing to be sniffed at over the course of a week, a month, a year, the lifetime of the vehicle. It was suggested that this is due to the panels retaining heat, even with frequent door openings. Luxury car makers like BMW and Mercedes have been offering heated armrests for years. It's possible that heated interior panels could become more common to improve EV range. I'm not sure what technology that is. A couple of years ago, I did try these infrared panels that I'd seen. Seems like magical technology. The websites that sell them promise, you know, it's amazing. I 
don't rate them. I didn't get on with this. It's 750 watts. I found it had to be sitting very close to the infrared panel to even feel some heat compared to my heat pump air conditioning that heats and cools uh in terms of the 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 power draw yeah that might pull a kilowatt when it's absolutely at its max but it heats the room up so quickly um with the convected air which is kind of the opposite principle than those infrared panels they say oh heat heat the people not the room etc etc so I didn't get on with it. If you have, I'd love to hear your experiences on those infrared panels. That could be what Ford are using in this uh, idea of making EVs go a little bit further. Now let's move on and talk charging infrastructure. It is inadequate and plagued with non-functioning stations, says JD Power's ongoing study, showing that inoperable and poorly maintained public EV charging stations are frustrating drivers. More than one in five charging attempts fail, with these failures attributed to 72% malfunctioning or out-of-service chargers. EV owners in high-density areas are frustrated with the lack of available chargers. The White House has announced that Tesla will open some of their charging network to non-Teslas soon in the US, uh, but there is scepticism about how open the network could or even should be. Over here, I think I've mentioned it recently on the podcast, I've had fabulous experiences as a Hyundai Kona driver with using the Tesla network. The chargers charge the car really quickly. The car doesn't seem to ramp down as quickly. I've had my OBD dongle plugged in. I've been looking at the battery temperatures. I've been trying to work out why the Tesla superchargers charge my car as a non-Tesla it seems better. I don't know. I mean, it could just be. Uh, what's that phrase? Correlation and causation? All that? Maybe I'm imagining it. Let's move on. And let's talk a little bit about why certain areas of countries, parts of the world, want EV factories. Because it creates, whether it's batteries or EV making, well-paying, lots of well-paying jobs. Now, Michigan is one of those areas that really rolled out the red carpet for Ford and CATL to get their battery factory In Michigan, the economic development officials have asked the lawmakers to provide $750 million to support Ford's new $3.5 million battery factory in Marshall. They'll use the money to buy the land, upgrade infrastructure, and bring the total state incentives to $1.8 billion. So... You're asking, hey, why did Ford choose Michigan? Well, there's about 1.8 billion reasons why. It includes $330 million for improving the road structure around the area uh, to make the area pad ready uh, for water and wastewater infrastructure, for rail improvements and for permitting and things like that. Now, Mercedes-Benz with their electric vehicles are going to add more LiDAR in a big deal with Luminar. Uh, They will add the technology and software into their next-gen electric vehicles. The deal includes Luminar building a factory in Asia to supply Mercedes with LiDAR sensors, and Mercedes taking a small stake in the company as well. The LiDAR technology will be used to support their automated driving systems called Drive Pilot, uh, which you can use up to 80 miles an hour, I think, maybe 85 miles an hour. Uh, My buddy Kyle from Outer Spec did some stuff with the Mercedes Drive Pilot. I think he went faster than 80. I think he look, raved about Drive Pilot and said, it's good stuff, yes. Um, he didn't use that voice. Moving on. The EV era means that legacy factories must close. The growing concern of excess capacity in vehicle production has led to a decrease in profits around the world for the big car makers as they have competed to stay ahead. The likes of Hyundai and Kia have become a global powerhouse, while many Chinese manufacturers have moved to take their share of the markets. Uh, 
They traditionally accepted capacity utilisation of more than 80% for profitable operation of an, a car factory has been shifted by EV startups and the Chinese startups as well. This is a long read, by the way, if you're interested in like the business of car making. Uh, this is Auto Car Publishing, this one in their auto forecast solutions kind of topics. And so I'll pop a link to that because it's it's a pretty decent read. It's a, uh, I wouldn't call it a, a mega long read, but maybe grab yourself a cup of tea or coffee and sit down for this one. BMW are striking a deal with Rio Tinto for low CO2 aluminium. This is so important as well because we talk a lot about zero emissions vehicles at the tailpipe. And yeah, that's massively important. But also, if you look at how... In carbon intensive making a vehicle is. Let's not pretend that buying a new car is a green thing to do. Green steel is going to be very important, made from hydrogen. And now BMW and Rio Tinto uh, have got a new deal uh, for a significantly reduced aluminium CO2 emissions by using hydropower in Canada from 2024. It'll save 70% of CO2 emissions from conventionally made aluminium, and it's going to reduce the carbon footprint of BMW vehicles because that's a really responsible thing to do as a car maker, to have that story to tell, and not just for a marketing story, you know, to, to flog a few more motors. Do you know what I mean? That is an important thing to do as the company. Let's go to Germany next, and Valmet Automotive has started their series production of battery systems in Germany. They got their first order for a small series of production of modules, packs, and battery management systems for a sports car brand. We don't know who they are. Then they will kick off their bulk orders, if you like, their volume, it's the word I'm looking for, their volume battery production uh, with a mainstream German manufacturer. Valmet is a leader, they say, in the production and development of battery systems, having delivered over a million battery systems since 2019. And finally, I'll pop a link in the show notes if you'd like to find out more about the 2023 tax credit in the US, the Inflation Reduction Act. I'm trying to read as much as I can about that, not just because I do an EV podcast. It's my job to know about that, to try and distill hundreds of pages into a, you know, a sentence or two. (laughs) two. That's my job, to do this so that you don't have to. And there's a really great uh, Detroit Free Press article Pretty lengthy, again, all about the tax credit for clean vehicles, $7,500 off a qualifying vehicle. The credit amount is based on the sourcing of the battery minerals and components and the IRS issuing new guidance on this in March. The credit is available to those with a adjusted gross income of less than 300000 for joint, if you file jointly, or 150 k for a single filer. A vehicle must have a manufacturer's retail price of eighty grand or lower. Used cars can qualify up to $4,000. They must be purchased from a licensed dealer and have a sale price of $25,000 or less. Starting next year, car buyers will be able to have the dealer buy the tax credit for them or from the buyer. So fabulously complicated. Even this article does a really good job of distilling down what's a very far too complicated topic. Uh, this was... Look, they haven't messed it up because it we're less than two months into the IRA, but holy moly, this is a difficult to- topic to get your head around, and I'll pop a link to that story, which I found, if you would like to read more. Thank you very much to all of our Patreon supporters. I couldn't do this without you. Individuals, I'll pop your name in the show notes, as always, and I thank everyone on a Sunday as well, and then every day we thank our premium partners. If you'd like to be one, 
you can support this podcast. And if you like the work that I do here, our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, doing big solar installs. Brad Crosby, Porsche of the village of Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley's EV Review Island YouTube channel, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK, Octopus Electric Universe, they provide global public charging and they make it really simple with one app and one map. Check out Millbrook Cottages in Devon. They are five-star luxury self-catering cottages. I've just been down there a couple of weeks ago uh, to see Bob and the family. Uh, go to millbrookcottages.co.uk to book your stay. And Lease Plan Electric Moments. Recent guests of this show providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good until tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid. <laughs>